NFL Week 15 prop bets hit man. I know we're entering the time of year where weather becomes another big factor to monitor in a lot of these games. So as you look across this week's slate, I was wondering if you could kick us off with a bit of a handicapping weather 101, if you will. Just how much does weather factor into your process, especially from a prop betting perspective? The wind is the biggest deal. It's more important than snow. It's more important than rain. Now, when rain and snow will play an impact, is when it's torrential downpours or when it's multiple, multiple inches of snow. That's going to affect the, the offenses. But a lot of times it, it really it doesn't play as big of a factor, rain and snow, uh, as much as people would believe. It would be the, the wind and the cold weather. I mean, it decreases scoring a little bit, but nothing really compares to, to what the wind does. But my best recommendation for playing props with weather concerns is typically if you're going to bet an over, you kind of want to wait until the day of the game and just ensure that that weather isn't that bad. And because it's one of those things that let's say you bet Stefan Diggs over in, in the Buffalo game t- two days out and his number was a little bit low at one point, it was like 68 and a half or something. And it's went up a lot since, but if you bet that over two days before you're taking a risk because if the day of the game, if there's news about, Hey, there's going to be six, seven, eight inches of snow and there's 30 mile per hour gusts, you have a lemon on your hand of a bet. So usually with weather related props, it's usually under nothing until you can ensure that the um, that the weather is going to hold up. And then if it's going to be better than expected, then feel free to, to fire overs on game day. And when it comes to getting a grasp on how the weather is going to hold up, I don't want to nudge you to reveal too much as far as your edges go. But as far as sources are concerned, I think for the casual better, it might be worth noting Weather.com, probably not the best place to look for anything like in-stadium conditions. Is there anything that you can share about sources people might want to consider as they're evaluating factors, especially like a lot of wind we're looking at on this weekend's card? Yeah, I mean, it helps to have people with with boots on the ground and everything. But you know what? There's so much there's so much good information on Twitter nowadays that that's really it's really not necessary to have somebody there. You, You as long as you do the digging you're usually going to find a, um, a good report. Like I remember before that Buffalo New England wind game last year, everybody was posting the videos of the, the, the goalposts were shaking and everything. People were, they were posting pregame videos of kickers trying to kick and they were coming up short from like 35 yard field goal attempts and everything. So usually social media in this case can be your best friend. Social media, something a lot of bettors might want to keep an eye on with a few games on Saturday. We've got a triple header on tap, and we'll touch on a couple of those games. Keeping with the theme of weather, Baltimore at Cleveland, wind, the top factor you just identified, has been a bit of a moving target as far as what the conditions will be like in Cleveland during this game. And Hitman, when it comes to the game day news that you get regarding the wind, how is that going to inform your prop betting approach for Ravens-Browns? 
Yeah, I mean, from what I'm hearing right now, the wind isn't supposed to be as bad as it was supposed to be um, a few days ago. So, I mean, obviously things can change, and Cleveland tends to be a really windy stadium. But I'm hearing that's not supposed to be as bad. Um, one prop I'll touch on in that game that I played and I like quite a bit is Amari Cooper under 57 and a half receiving yards. So Cooper has that hip injury and nobody really knows how healthy he was. I mean, he was a legit game time decision going into that Bengals game. He ended up only having two catches in the game. And that was in a game where Deshaun Watson had a lot of pass attempts and Amari Cooper has some pretty big splits from warm weather to cold weather. He grew up in Florida and he's just hasn't had good production throughout his career when the elements have gotten tougher. And although there might not be as much wind as we hoped for in this game, it's going to be a really, really, really cold game. So you have that factor. You have the fact that it's a 37 total. I know Baltimore is a pass funnel defense. But the Browns, I mean, they're they're a good rushing offense. They're not just they're not going to just stop running the ball, especially as three point favorites going against Tyler Huntley. And plus, you have Njoku back into this offense, just another target. And he was the guy that got most of the usage from Watson last week, as well as Donovan Peoples Jones. So I thought that Cooper under fifty seven and a half was a pretty strong bet this week. Love it. One game in, one prop bet worth getting into the portfolio already in the fold here. And let's see if we can add perhaps another one or two actionable bets as we look at the nightcap on Saturday. Miami at Buffalo. Hitman, a lot of talk this week about the league solving the Dolphins offense. I've got to think Mike McDaniel is going to adjust to the league's adjustments to him. And that could translate to more checkdowns, perhaps less involvement for the Dolphins wide receivers, perhaps more usage for running backs and tight ends in the passing game. I'm thinking that with Hill's ankle injury, we know he's going to play, but especially if he's not at 100%, that could further nudge Miami in that direction. Also factoring in whether in this game, the Dolphins not built for the element so much, especially with Tua's arm strength. So I'm looking at a few numbers. I'm just going to run by you here and see if any of them resonate. Tyreek Hill under 76 and a half receiving yards. And I'm seeing quite a bit of variance there as much as 80 and a half available. If people want a look at the under Jalen Waddle under 56 and a half receiving yards or looking at the tight ends, Mike Gesicki over 15 and a half receiving yards for reduced big minus one Oh five, some even money out there. Also Gesicki receptions over one and a half. It's juiced a little bit heavily at minus one thirty-five. but if the dolphins are going to use the short passing game, that might be something that Tua is going to be more inclined to take advantage of in terms of connecting with Gesicki with the running backs. I'd love to get some numbers on them, but with Jeff Wilson Jr. being questionable, nothing yet. So also wondering what we might see at some point on Wilson and Mostert once Wilson's status is confirmed. Hey, man, a lot of passing options for the Dolphins offense that I just touched on. Any of these numbers or angles standing out to you as far as the nightcap on Saturday's triple header? It's tough. Um, I did play some Tua unders, but those numbers have moved about six, seven yards right now. Still leaning towards Tua unders. At 236 and a half, I know that, I mean, the line's been adjusted. His average number most weeks is in the high 260s. And I know last week it closed in the um, the 280s, but that was a game with 54 total shootout potential. I mean, that, that was different circumstances, I think. So usually his average numbers in the 260s, we're getting a number that's a lot lower. But my positive that's been adjusted enough 
it's probably going to depend on the weather. I mean, you see so many reports with there could be the, the lake effect, snow and everything. There's going to be the wind is going to be bad. It's not going to be detriment like so bad that you can't throw in, but it's not going to be ideal. But you just add that potential wind onto the fact that they're saying there could be multiple inches of snow. And what did I say? Like snow flurries are fine. A little bit of snow is fine. But when you get into the conversation of like five, six, seven inches of snow accumulating during the game, it's going to affect the passing game. It just is. So I, I think that you probably should wait until you're really confident in the weather. But I think that Miami passing game unders are probably worth a look. I know that the big thing that they've been pushing is that they need to take advantage of the shorter passing game this week, and they can't continue to throw deep. And Buffalo is a team that's not going to allow many deep passes to begin with. So you, you that would help the yards a little bit if Miami is going to be going – throwing shorter, going on these longer drives. They're going to need longer sustained drives. They're probably going to look to run the ball more, a lot of screens, short passes. And, and then with Tua under, too, I mean, it, the narrative's out there where he's not good in bad weather. So you're paying a little bit, bit of a price in the number betting under based off that narrative. But I think it's probably a true narrative. I mean, the three lowest QBR games of his career have been in bad weather games. And I know a lot of guys I respect, like film guys, will say, like, just watch him in bad weather. Like, watch him against Tennessee last year when it was raining. He just doesn't have the natural arm talent that, that really can drive the ball in these, in these bad conditions. I mean, he's a tremendously – he's an accurate quarterback. He, he's a good ball handler, a good decision maker typically. But he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. So – I think that you could only look towards some Miami passing unders. And if the weather is really bad, yeah, these might get even lower. It sounds a bit counterintuitive at first glance if we're talking Miami passing game unders. But any thought as to Tua completion overs? I'm not seeing numbers on that yet. I'm, I'm a bit surprised, but maybe you know why that could be. I think, though, if there are a lot more short passes, that that could lend itself to more completions, even if we're not seeing as much yardage or explosiveness out of those completions. I mean, I, I'm probably not going to be on it unless the weather – I'm really confident that the weather is good. But I'll put it like this. If you do think that the market's overreacted on Tua and you want to play some overs, play the completions over. That That's the better look. Or play the attempts over. And if you like Tua under, I would uh, play the yards under. Got it. Well, a refreshing change of pace as we flip over to a Sunday game. Weather not a concern in the Dome in New Orleans. Saints hosting the Falcons. First career start for Desmond Ritter. And one of the common talking points for this Falcons offense, Ritter likely going to be more inclined to at least take some shots downfield. And that might lend itself to some upside for a guy like Drake London. I'm looking at his receiving yardage lined at 39 and a half. Longest reception lined at 18 and a half to over slightly juiced to minus 120 hitman any thoughts on upside for drake london and the falcons receiving game knowing that there's a new quarterback under center this weekend yeah i mean there's a lot of variance I, I think that london does get a slight bump his target share was a lot higher last week he's in a matchup against the saints where you're four point underdogs probably gonna have to throw a little bit in this game and if there is any type of volume in this passing game London's probably going to go over because, like I said, his target share 
was really high last week. You have no Kyle Pitts, obviously. There's no other quality receivers that the Falcons have. So not opposed to it. I, I wouldn't I would endorse a uh, Drake London. It has been bet up a little bit. It opened in the mid 30s. It's up to 39 and a half now, but I'm I'm not opposed to it. Something else I don't think you'll be opposed to. We can use Chiefs Texans to talk about the MVP market a bit. And Hitman, I don't think you'd be opposed to anybody who's looking Mahomes' way in the current marketplace. It's shaping up to be a bit of a two-horse race at this point, kind of a Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts battle. And first and foremost, PSA for markets like this, shop around. Recently, I've seen Circa hanging Hurts minus 140, Mahomes plus 170. And then at a book like DraftKings, Hurts minus 175, Mahomes plus 200. So with a lot of volatility and pricing from book to book, always shop for the best number, especially in a market like the MVP award. Hitman, that said, what's your point of view on the current betting market? Kind of, again, Mahomes versus Hertz, if you will, when it comes to the MVP this season. I bet Mahomes two to one. Um, I kind of view view it as maybe Hertz should be a slight favorite. I think that the Circa pricing is closer to more to more accurate on this. So wasn't my biggest bet in the entire world. There's so much change that can happen in this market. But I think it was important to get in front of um, if you're going to bet Mahomes to bet it before Hurts has that Dallas game because that's going to be a national TV game and Dallas is going to be a two-point favorite or, or whatever it is in that game. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL. That's probably going to be a game that could make or break Hurts's MVP campaign. I know with these awards, so much of it is recency bias. And I know Mahomes has a really easy schedule to close the year. Hertz has that Dallas game, which could theoretically be a struggle. Now, if Hertz lights it up in that Dallas game on a national stage, our Mahomes bets could be in some trouble. But um, if you assume that Dallas can contain him a little bit and Mahomes has this easy schedule starting off with Houston, I think it's worth a shot at two to one. I mean, with the way that the standings are breaking right now, Mahomes is probably going to end up having a play in week 18 would be my guess where Jalen Hurts is very likely not going to be playing in week 18. So that's just another week of stats that Mahomes could accumulate. And Mahomes is pretty close. like He's really close on pace that throwing for the most passing yards in a season league history. Now I know it will be a little bit of an asterisk to it because it's an 18 game season, but if he puts up the, the counting stats that he's probably going to put up where he's going to lead the league in touchdowns, yards, might have the most passing yards ever. I mean, everybody knows that he's the more valuable player to his team than Jalen Hurts. Like, let, let's be real. With Gardner Minshew, they make the playoffs still. And without Mahomes, this Chiefs team would be garbage probably. But, um, yeah, so I think Mahomes 2-1 to one is worth a bet. It's It's, it's a price bet. I had a few follow-up questions in mind, and you ticked off pretty much every single one in that answer. I guess that's why you're one of the best in the biz when it comes to this stuff. But I, I will still uh, check in with you on a couple of quick things. Number one, you mentioned timing the Eagles with that big matchup against Dallas next weekend. I'm wondering if it's worth holding off just for a few more days before betting Mahomes. What do you think about the fact that, yes, Houston, a very favorable matchup for Mahomes this weekend – but perhaps an even more favorable matchup for Jalen Hurts against the Bears. So the odds, if anything, 
after this weekend might move a bit further in Hertz's favor before that pivotal Eagles Cowboys game. So maybe looking for Mahomes' value to peak after week 15 and seeing better odds on him a few days after this weekend's games are in the books. Yeah, I, I would disagree with that. I mean, I think it's a better matchup for Mahomes than it is Jalen Hurts. I mean, and then even if you just look at the line, I mean, they're, they're uh, five point, they're favored by five points more that the Chiefs are than what the Eagles are. So, I mean, if one of those quarterbacks did have a poor game and lose to one of those teams, it would really hurt them in the MVP race. But I'm the, the Eagles, I think, although I don't think either team's going to lay a dud or either quarterback's going to lay a dud, I would say that Hurts is more likely to lay a dud in 20-degree weather, maybe some wind in Chicago as a nine-point favorite than what Mahomes would be as a 14-point favorite in a dome against Houston. Tough to argue against any of that. Last thing I want to note when we're talking MVP odds here, because it's a fascinating conversation that's getting a lot of betters pretty riled up, I think. We're dealing with an award that is voted on, of course, by humans who aren't all as analytically savvy. And I feel like a game last weekend, Mahomes played great overall, but through three interceptions, some people might have some PTSD from the AFC championship game. So I wonder if some voters might be more inclined to turn on Mahomes if there are some turnovers that Jalen Hurts isn't making, even if Mahomes is agreed to be the best player almost unanimously. Voters oftentimes will look at certain metrics that might be less impactful, but they could use that against somebody like Mahomes. And ultimately, sometimes awards like this come down to, on one hand, we've got a guy who we know is the best player, but on the other hand, a guy like Jalen Hurts might be a better story, and that's what voters can gravitate toward any concerns about that type of element in this voting process. Yeah, I mean, there could be voter fatigue for sure, but I think that's accounted for in the market right now. I mean, nobody is saying, I think, that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback or is more valuable to his team than Mahomes. So I think that's accounted for a little bit in the market right now of Hurts being the favorite. But again, Mahomes' counting stats could be so high that it. I think – that's going to be tough to vote against him if he does end up leading the league in passing yards or, or, or the, mo the most passing yards of all time. And by the way, as we're doing this, a little breaking news. Did you see that uh, Mike White is going to be out for this game for the Jets against Ooh. Zach Wilson? So I'm sure that line's going to move. I would guess um, the Jets are one-and-a-half-point favorites now. I would guess that they'll probably become like a one-point underdog or something. I actually did hear if, if you heard me with TA on um, Edge Rush, I kind of hinted at if anybody could go back, listen to hit, uh, Edge Rush. I hinted when we were talking about the Jets game, I hinted that, um, yeah, Mike White, like I heard that he might not be 100 percent with this rib injury. So if I do bet the Jets, I kind of want to wait until I know that he's cleared. And uh, it turned out to be true. I, I he might I think that this could be a two, three week injury what I heard with Mike White. So his status for next week against Jacksonville, I think is going to be in question also. I appreciate all the context there as I frantically scramble to try to bet anything as we're talking, but it looks like uh, the books are aware of it as well at this stage. So especially by the time anybody hears this, there's going to be a new line on the board for Lions Jets, but uh, yeah, not not looking so great for anybody who might have uh, put down any money on the Jets yesterday like I did, assuming White wouldn't be 100%, but pretty confident that we would see him nonetheless. 
um, that might also have a, a slight impact on the teaser options for this week as the Lions were plus one and a half. But we'll get back to that in just a moment. One game that doesn't have any breaking news hitman as far as I'm concerned, but as always, correct me if I'm wrong here, Sunday in the late window, Titans at the Chargers. As far as I know, from a point spread standpoint, we are both on my Chargers at a cheap minus three. That does make me feel pretty uneasy over the years. I feel like when I'm just ready to fade the Chargers for whatever reason, that seems like they're doing their best in those types of roles. More comfort talking through some props with this game with you. And I want to look at the Chargers on offense, a pretty beleaguered Tennessee secondary that's not so great even when it's at full strength against the Chargers passing game that has gotten back to full strength very recently. So I want to run some potential overs by you, see if anything stands out. Justin Herbert passing yards over 301 and a half. I know that's a high number. I also know this is a pretty juicy matchup. Keenan Allen receiving yards over 71 and a half. Mike Williams receiving yards over 65 and a half. Uh, I have one more alternative angle that we can touch on in a bit, but Hitman of those three matchups, uh, Herbert 301 and a half, Allen 71 and a half, Williams 65 and a half. Any of these yardage numbers worth considering to the over, or is it just a point where the number and the market have caught up with this matchup all together? I want to play Her- uh, Herbert over. I really do. I mean, every- but everybody knows the Titans are forcing the uh, most pass attempts in the league, their pass funnel defense. And Herbert's line is just so high now. And so are these receivers. And I'm just a little worried about playing like a char- like a Mike Williams over just because I'm a little worried about him re-aggravating that ankle. The high ankle sprain is such is an injury that typically you can re-aggravate. And then you saw him re-aggravate it against the Chiefs when he came back a little early. For the Chargers, so I'm not betting the unders, but I just think that the overs are a little accounted for in this one. As much as I want to play some overs for um, Justin Herbert in this Chargers pass offense, yeah, I thought that might be the bottom line with this concept. So one alternative I'll run by you, possibly going back to the well with Austin Eckler rushing yards under. That was a close call, but a winner last week. This week, the market has adjusted a good bit. He's down to 40 and a half. But any thoughts if the Titans are going to be such a pass funnel on Austin Eckler rushing yards under that number of 40 and a half? Just accounted for um, last week, his number as a three point underdog against the Miami Dolphins, who are also a pass funnel defense. It was 48 and a half at one point, and it closed like 45 and a half. And now you're playing under 40 and a half in this matchup as a three-point favorite. I mean, it makes sense, but a lot of these lines are sharper this year. I've told everybody that the the lines have gotten sharper, still very beatable, but they have gotten sharper. And this is an example where I I can't play Eckler under 40 and a half. And that's, it's, it's accounted for. Fair enough. Well, there are a few bets that we can get down on and we'll get to that in just a moment. First, one order of business to take care of. Want to remind everybody, Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. And with Thrive, you can eliminate hours of research and focus on the top tier players that have the biggest impact on the game. Here's how it works. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. 
And speaking of that prize pool, Thrive has over $200,000 guaranteed in prizes weekly. To get in the game, download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Use that promo code HAMMER for a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100 when signing up today. And Hitman for Thrive Fantasy players, prop betters alike, some intrigue when it comes to any picks that you're ready to lock in for the Props and Hops Week 15 portfolio. Mari Cooper, under 57 and a half receiving yards. Like that bet quite a bit. And then for another one, I'm looking at my port some of my portfolio right now. Let's go with um let's go with Devontae Smith under 55 and a half receiving yards. Game we didn't touch on. But um, in the four, in five of the six games leading up to the Dallas Goddard injury, Smith had 44 yards or fewer. Cold weather, possible wind, game flow concerns. Eagles adjust to opponents' weaknesses. A lot expecting more run running game this week against Chicago. So we'll go Smith under 55 and a half receiving yards as well as the Cooper play. Nice. And I can't help but think that that might tie in just a little bit with your promo home stance in the MVP market, not expecting the Eagles passing game to do a ton of damage, or at least as much as the market might think against a pretty horrific Bears defense this weekend. Yeah, I mean, honestly, most of the handicap is that um, is the Goddard coming back. It's really going to affect Smith, I think, more than any other receiver for, for this team. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't help to have like some wind, some cold weather, nine point favorite. It doesn't hurt for sure. Got it. Well, speaking of personnel changes, I will use that angle to inform a prop bet that I'll go ahead and make official right now. I'll lock in Drake London, longest reception over 18 and a half, good up to minus 120, which is widely available right now. Just with Desmond Ritter, I think taking some more shots, I, I know there's quite a bit of variance in this. I don't want to bank on London getting you know a bunch of big receptions and perhaps getting over his receiving yardage total for the whole game. I know it can feel square to have that thought that all it takes is one play to hit this bet, but I feel like this week of every week this season with the new quarterback for Atlanta, this is probably the most likely opportunity that we're going to see for London to go over this total season to date. So I'll go ahead and play Drake London, longest reception, again, over 18 and a half yards, good up to minus 120. And Hitman, of course, we're going to talk some teasers as well. Quick recap of last week, went one and one. I think I flew a bit too close to the sun trying to get Tampa Bay involved as a non-Wong teaser leg. So lesson learned on that front, going to look for some more of the classic Wong teaser legs this week and moving forward. And it starts for me with a six and a half point teaser given this week's board. That six and a half point teaser good up to minus 130. Let's go with the Eagles minus two and a half at the Bears and the Patriots plus seven and a half at the Raiders. For the Eagles, I think it's quite simple. Just looking for the vastly superior team to do little more than win outright. And for the Patriots, there's a good bit of familiarity between these head coaches, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. And I think that gives us a subtle edge in reducing variance a little bit, which is always nice when we're taking an underdog up through a touchdown in a teaser. Also, Mac Jones and that Patriots passing offense showing some signs of life on Monday night. If they can continue that forward after a week in which they stayed out West, a bit of an in-season mini camp to build on things. Some upside for the Patriots offense that I hadn't been seeing in previous weeks. Overall, I think Patriots Raiders probably going to be a close game. No surprise at all if the Patriots win it outright. 
Hit me on any thoughts on that six and a half point teaser. Eagles minus two and a half at the Bears, paired with the Patriots plus seven and a half at the Raiders. Yeah, that 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 would probably be the one that I would look toward. I, I mean, value wise, that's the best one. You're getting from nine. You're getting that key half point on the six and a half point teaser with from the three to two and a half, and then with New England, you're going from the seven to seven and a half, which is what you have to do. So. I mean, value-wise, that's pretty much textbook. I would like to say that there's more to consider this week. It's really slim pickings if we're looking at other options to cross through three and seven. I had Detroit plus seven and a half noted prior to recording, but per the breaking news that you noted, now I'm seeing the the latest numbers, Lions minus one. So I, I guess the Jets now would fit that range of a six and a half point teaser candidate. Zach Wilson presents all kinds of variants, but the Jets defense, a big step up in class for what the Lions offense has faced recently, especially with Jared Goff in some less than ideal conditions. So uh, when it comes to, I guess, the hierarchy, Eagles minus two and a half, Patriots plus seven and a half, or now the Jets up to plus seven and a half hosting the Lions. Hitman, how would you stack those three options for this week's uh teaser card six and a half point teasers looks like the way to go jets i'm probably gonna stay clear of just because i think that zach wilson brings a lot of variance into this game i mean he's just been so turnover prone and everything plus you have the the locker room i mean it's got to be a blow for them it seems like they love mike white and they don't love zach wilson so now they get zach wilson back this week and you know what i saw at some books the Jets have went up to a two-point underdog yep. also. So, yeah, I mean, the Jets, aren't, the Jets aren't my favorite teaser look this week. Yeah, and to your point, with all, with all the variants, that's something to definitely pump the brakes on. And with the way the market's moving, you're probably not going to need to pay the extra 10 cents for a six-and-a-half-point teaser. At a certain point, if you do have the stomach for the Jets, they'll probably be available as a six-point teaser leg. I will just leave it at this. You are on your own to find another six-point teaser leg if you would like to pair anybody with the Jets on this Week 15 card. So a rapid-fire recap for the Props and Hops Week 15 portfolio. Hitman on Amari Cooper under 57.5 receiving yards, as well as Devontae Smith under 55.5 receiving yards. I'm on Drake London, longest reception over 18.5, good up to minus 120 as well as a two-team six-and-a-half-point teaser, good up to minus 130, pairing the Eagles minus two-and-a-half at the Bears with the Patriots plus seven-and-a-half at the Raiders. At this stage, we'll go ahead and weave in the hops as we always do this time each week. Jacob, let's lead off with you. Anything on tap this weekend beyond the Christmas market that you spoke to on Tuesday's episode of Between the Lines? Uh, other than that, I'm going to a dinner at an Italian restaurant, so uh, I guess the best thing to pair that with I guess if they have Peroni available, a nice Italian beer just for the occasion, I'll have that. But maybe I'll also dive into some white wine to go with my Italian food. But uh, other than that, yeah, going back to the Christmas market, I'm hoping they have some mulled wine so I can report back to you and Suma about uh, <laughs> how I feel about that. We know Suma likes it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm probably going to botch the pronunciation, but I think the the German word is Glühwein, uh, translates yeah, essentially to like mold wine for us English speakers. So plenty to come on that front for sure on next Tuesday's episode of Between the Lines with Suma. Uh, in my neck of the woods, no mold wine in the cards for this weekend. I touched on it on our episode with Suma on Tuesday. The Black Rose Old Fashioned is going to be a go-to once again for me this week at my neighborhood bar while I am watching the Dolphins take on the Bills on Saturday night. 
But from a hops perspective, tonight the go-to is going to be a beer called Triple Dry Hopped Art is Hard Green Label. This is a Triple Dry Hopped Hazy IPA by North Park Beer Company out of San Diego. Clocks in at 7% ABV. And I'll just say California shipping is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, this one was delivered to my door yesterday. And Jacob, I think it's probably right up your alley. It's got four hops, Motuika, Nelson, Simcoe, and Citra. I haven't tasted this one yet, but based on that hop bill, it's basically saying to expect notes of citrus, stone fruit, some tropical vibes as well. Basically a vacation in a glass. So definitely looking forward to that one. Sounds good, man. <laughs> Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I thought as I read the description and I was placing the order that it would be one, if they could ever do international shipping, let alone <laughs> out-of-state shipping, yeah. then you might be placing an order for a four-packer to yourself. Yep. But Hitman, tonight, if I'm going to be essentially drinking a vacation in a glass, it sounds like you had a vacation on a Tuesday this past week heading to New York City with your fiance. And based on your tone when running through the itinerary last week, I cannot wait to hear about how that trip went for the two of you. Yeah, it was a good time. A little, a little uh, romantic, nice stuff like ice skating at Rockefeller Center and the Mariah Carey concert, all that fun stuff for, for the woman. So it was a good time. And now I just get back to I, I feel like I'm just the worst guest in the world because it's every sat Friday, Saturday. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm going to Atlantic City betting. Then I'm going to maybe try to sneak in nine holes and then bet more on Saturday. But <laughs> That's the schedule when you're, you're betting full time, just trying to get down. I mean, I say it all the time that the easy part is to know how to win and what to win on and everything. The hard part is getting down. That's where a lot of the, the time ends up getting uh, put to. So it's just going to be another weekend of getting down on bets. And then uh, maybe I'll give you something a little more entertaining next week when we got Christmas uh, Eve on Saturday and Christmas on Sunday. Sounds good. We'll look forward to it, but I can certainly appreciate the structure and discipline that it takes really showcasing the mark of a pro. So no need to feel apologetic in any sense there. We'll let you get to Atlantic City shortly to go ahead and get down. Looking forward to this NFL Week 15 card plus college football bowl season picking up. I'd imagine that's on your radar as well. So we'll go ahead and wrap things up with that. If you're not doing so already, I'd highly encourage you to follow Hitman on Twitter at Hitman428. You can also find me there at mlandis18. One quick programming note, I touched on it uh, accidentally earlier, but Between the Lines with Suma, Jacob, and myself, probably going to be next Tuesday once again next week, a day early as we did this week, working through some holiday scheduling. So look out for it by subscribing to Props and Hops wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll have Between the Lines hit your feed as soon as it's published. want to thank everybody for tuning into today's episode of Props and Hops. Enjoy Week 15 in the NFL, and best of luck with your betting and beer adventures this weekend. Props and-